Hello, and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, a series of conversations with the artists, labels, and promoters who are shaping the electronic music landscape. I'm Jordan Rothline, and I'm the tech editor at Resident Advisor. The world is a big place, and since his career started bubbling up during New York's house boom late in the last decade, DJQ has seen more and more of it. With gigs across Europe and the Americas nearly every weekend, Q, as he's known to just about everyone, has reached a point in his career he never dreamed was coming, back when he was cutting class to dance or staying up all night listening to House on the radio in his native New Jersey. But if you bumped into Q on a Tuesday afternoon, you'd probably think he was your average citizen. When the weekend ends, he's back in the state he's long called home, working the same nine to five he's held down for years and biding his time until his next international flight out of Newark. But wherever dance music takes Q, you sense he'll keep the same level head he's had all along. More than plenty of other artists navigating this stage in their careers, Q has stayed true to his original vision. His productions for his own strength music label continue to advance a broodingly funky style of house you couldn't mistake for anybody else's, and his DJ sets have stayed focused on underground music, remaining catnip for dancers. During a recent swing through Berlin, we caught up with Q about where he's at right now, his home base of America, his recent travels, and some unexpected recent inspirations. So I know house music has been a big part of your life for probably your whole life. Um, that's kind of a little bit of an anomaly in the United States, maybe. Dance music has typically been more of an underground thing, and it seems like now there's a real shift. It's becoming a little bit more mainstream, even. What, what's your perception of what's happening in dance music in, in the United States at the moment? Have, have you noticed a change? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely noticed the change you're talking about. Um, I remember dance music when it was popular, you know, I'm been around long enough to see when it was mainstream in the nineties, you know, and seeing how it got demolished down to where it really didn't exist to nobody, but certain few. So to see it come back now, it's, to me, it's a good thing. Uh, the form is different, but at least it's something, you know, so it gives artists like me a chance to, uh, you know, maybe see stuff that I wouldn't have seen 15 years ago when no one was really into it. You're right. It has been a part of my life. I would say it's probably the biggest governor of my world that I've ever had. Like all my decisions has always been with music first, then everything else, you know, so I would easily pick going to music stuff before going to class and school. So, yeah. Yeah. You it's said interesting to see it come back now because it gives hope again, you know? The music I cherish can, you know, get to the youth like it used to be. You said that the form has changed. What's different about dance music now in the United States compared to what it was like when, when you were younger, when you witnessed it being big and mainstream the first time around? The first time around, what was big and mainstream were the underground records. You know, this time around, it's coming in through a different door where more of the commercial stuff is being pushed first. Like you're hearing, you're, I mean, now, you know, you go in the States and you turn on the radio, you turn on the hip hop station, and you're literally listening to house music with people just rhyming on it, where 10 years ago, that didn't exist. 
So it has a pop touch to it now. That's what's becoming popular with the young kids, which is cool. I'll take something, you know. It's better than not having nothing because hopefully some of those people, they'll try to dig in and study more and see how, where this music comes from. Back then, it was the underground records that became mainstream. You know, all the old Chicago stuff, all the early stuff coming out of New York from Jersey, you know, Kerry Chandler. This was the stuff you heard everywhere. So that's what I mean about it's a little different. It's, it's in a different take today as far as it becoming popular than it was 20 years ago. Has this popularity carried over into your own career? Are, are you playing more gigs in the States than you used to? Uh, I, I would say my gigs in the States have definitely picked up from what it was even last year, you know? Uh, still not sufficient enough to say that I'm gigging a lot in the States, you know, but it has picked up, but I wouldn't credit it to the whole dance thing starting to become popular again. I wouldn't say that. But usually the gigs I do in New York is for people that actually know me, are into my music and stuff, and they bring me out. So I wouldn't say that the new U.S. hype on dance is what's helping me get gigs in the U.S. I don't know what next year is going to look like, but as of now, no. Definitely do more work in Europe than I do in the U.S. What's going on in the dance music scene in New York City right now? Uh, actually, what I can say about the dance music scene in the U.S., I mean, musically, the output coming out of the U.S. and New York in general, I've always digged. I always thought it was good, always. I mean... I know people have been ups and downs and this state is doing good music now and no, now it's this one. But to me, it's always been the same. What I do see that's interesting, that's new to me, is now the club scene is starting to pick up, especially in Brooklyn. It's really starting to pick up. A lot of people are starting to invest again, open new venues. This is good because this is exactly how it was back in the early 90s when the music was popular. And there was clubs everywhere. I mean, I don't know how many people can, you know, were, were there or can relate to it. But I remember when I was young in the 90s, the way the New York club scene was rolling, I haven't seen a club scene in the world yet that would compete with it. I mean, today, any place can take New York out. It's just the government's not letting it happen. We're slowly trying to fight it to come back. But I do see the signs of it coming back. I'm A few of us actually talk about it all the time. And we're like, man, it's... It's going to be real interesting in New York in the next five years or so of how things are going to shape out. So I got high hopes for it to have a strong market again. It seemed like for a long time in, in New York City, the scene was had gone completely right. underground. I mean, uh, most parties weren't happening at clubs. They were happening at lofts and at warehouses, places like that. Suddenly, these club openings, I mean, that's a, a really new thing. Do these clubs have the feel to you of clubs back in the 90s in New York or, or the sorts of clubs that you see here in here in Europe these days? Uh, I would say, I mean, give and take. Some things, yes. Some things, no. What's interesting is the pattern to me. Like you say that first, there's a lot of parties happening in lofts, like pretty underground stuff, illegal, if we could even call it. And it's kind of like how the scene started in New York. I mean, if anyone knows, one of the first underground clubs was the loft. It was, you couldn't just, it wasn't a party that somebody could just walk into. You had to kind of know someone, you had to know that it was happening. 
And it's the same cycle that I see happening again, you know? And from the loft came many clubs, Paradise Garage. So you break it down to, you know, whatever club you you want to get to in New York it, back then. It's the same cycle. Now you see people actually opening clubs. Started with all these underground parties. And it's, those same, it's that same scene of people that are opening the clubs too. So it's like I said, I think things are going to look brilliant pretty soon in New York again, which is good because... Back to that other question, maybe I can work more at home, you know, and don't have to be on the road so much. You play over in in Europe quite a lot. And um, I wonder, like, with things sort of seeming to be on the up in America, do you sense that maybe a lot of the the big energy with dance music is shifting over there? Is, Is there less energy here in Europe now? Personally, I don't think the energy in Europe will ever die because in Europe, they particularly just like dance music more than anything else. You know, it's not like in the U.S. where there's other musics that come in and dominate for a period of time. Like you got hip hop. I mean, as long as I've been coming to Europe, I've never seen no other music more popular than dance music. Like I'll go anywhere and they're playing dance music. I'll go eat at a restaurant. They're playing dance music. So I don't think the scene will ever die. The only thing that could always happen, like what what happened in New York, is your government coming in and ruining everything because they're not happy about something. But... I wouldn't say it's a shift of powers. I just believe that New York's went so long without having anything to really talk about, you know, really brag about around the world for the last decade that it's, you know, it's a cycle just coming back. You alluded before to the fact that you're playing a lot more gigs now in general, and it didn't necessarily seem like it had to do with dance music getting bigger in the United States. Just seems like your profile is raising uh, quite a lot right now. Uh, seems like you're as you're as popular as you've ever been at the moment as a as a DJ and as a producer. But the sort of music that you play and that you make is definitely pretty underground music. Has it been difficult to 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 stay underground even as the gigs keep getting bigger? No, not at all. I do agree. I have played many dance floors now, a lot of different dance floors where the languages are totally different. Because if there's anything I've learned playing in Europe is that every country has its way of doing things. No two countries in Europe are alike. So, I mean, it's a learning lesson for me. But as far as playing underground, I have to. Like, there's, I don't know any other way. Like, I'm definitely, you know, the music I produce and the music I DJ, in a way, are two different things. Musically, my label is my label. I do what I want. This is what it's going to be. As a DJ, I'm a, I get into DJ frame. My objective before anything else is making sure everybody's having a good time. Because to me, that's the party. I'm not the type to go out there and try to, okay, I'm going to push my sound on you that's never heard this before. No. If I can, I would. But my thing is, let's just have fun. Let's just forget about our problems. We're here. Let's enjoy ourselves. So... I guess that's why I never look at it as, uh, do you have a problem playing underground in this venue or that venue? I look at it all the same. We're just having fun and enjoying music. That's how I view it, you know? Absolutely. So I I definitely, no problems with the underground. That's where I come from. So that'll always be part of me. What's your personality like in the studio then? You sort of alluded to the fact that it's kind of separate and distinct from your personality as a DJ. Yes. When it comes to making tracks in the studio, that's all me. 
whatever I want to do, that's what it breaks down to. I'm not concerned about what's popular now, what's not popular, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. I just sit down and make music. I'm not even the most, you know, anybody knows I'm not the most technical. Like you can't ask me uh, about, I don't know, technical side of equipment that I own because I don't know. I'm not interested in that. My thing is just make records. And that's why I say it's different for me. It's studio is for me. My label will always be for me. I'll never put out music that I don't enjoy on strength music. It's always going to be my thing. And it doesn't matter what part of the industry I get to make it to, that'll never change. You told me once that you're extremely picky as a producer and as a label owner. Are you still as, as picky as you used to be? Yeah, that'll never change. I'm even, I mean, I'm picky to the point even when it comes down to buying records. I mean, I don't know. I'm just particular like that. Like, you know, I can hear a nice song. And if there's anything that comes in out of nowhere that I felt just makes no sense, it'll totally turn me off, you know? Uh, so that's where I see my picky side. I mean, I'm just that way. I remember walking into record stores and when people that work there saw me come in, they'd be like, oh no, not him. We give him 50 records, he buys one. What's wrong with him, you know? I'm just picky by nature musically. I, I don't know why. It's not, it's nothing that I've learned to be. It's just, I'm naturally that way. I don't know. It's just me. You put out an album two years ago. Do you have another big music project like that in the works? No, 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 no. I did that album and that's probably going to be the last album for now. I won't say there won't be another DJQ album, but uh, I don't see it coming anytime soon. Not to say it won't, but not anytime soon. Is that a decision like you just don't you have no interest in making another album? No, because to me, albums are special, you know? And like, when I, if I'm going to do an album, my whole thing is to make it special in some sort of way that I can hope people see, even though it's only me, you know, constructing it in my brain and hoping that other people understand it. So for me to do an album again, like that last album, it took me probably two months to put the album together but it took me two years to actually think about how the album should be. So that's why I, I'm not an artist that's going to put out an album every year, every two years, every three. You know, I, I know a lot of artists do that. That's just not me. And as far as a big project, that's what I look at as a big project more so than anything else. Because when you do an album, you're showing your artistic side, you know. And so nothing, nothing for that right now. I mean, I would have to gain my energy back again for that and stuff. So seemed no like album. you were you were doing a lot of remixes for a while. Yes. And uh, now maybe not so much. What, what's no. your focus on at the moment in the studio? My own stuff, my own music, my own direction. I just you're right. I was doing remixes, which I kind of slowed down off of and pretty much almost stopped because I was doing so many that I got to a point where I just wasn't inspired no more. Like I couldn't see me taking someone's work and trying to reinterpret it my way anymore. Like I wasn't having fun. It was taken away from me just sitting down and doing my own thing. And that's when I came to the conclusion, if you're not inspired anymore, then that means you need to stop then. And so that's what's happening with the remix side. And it kind of even with just collaborating, 
just doing stuff on other labels, my own work. Even that I kind of pushed away from because I want to concentrate more on my label. I kind of done maybe within the last few years a release here, a release there. I, I want to pick it up a little bit more. What's been inspiring you musically these days? Hmm, that's a good question. What's been inspiring me musically? You know, honestly, what's been inspiring inspiring me musically lately is pop records. I've been listening to pop records, I don't know, like just on the go, just they'll come on wherever I am. And there's some good pop records out there that I'm like, wow, that's some good stuff. And that's been inspiring me, funny enough. I mean, I can easily say, yeah, like jazz, hip hop, blah, blah, blah. That's part of me. But funny enough, pop records have been inspiring me lately. Cool, Some cool melodies I've been hearing. What are, what are some of the, what are some examples? I don't know. I can't even give you names because I know, I know a lot of the songs when I hear them, but I couldn't tell you who they are, you know, uh... I actually Shazammed one the other day for the first time because I have the Shazam app. I'm sure a lot of people do, but I don't use it. But I actually use it, and I heard an artist called, uh, what was his name? What was his name? See, I'm not good with that. But anyway, he has a song, something called, like I don't know, he dropped out of heaven or something that I was like, man, he sounds like the new Sting. He sounds like Sting to me, and I just thought it was cool, so... Stuff like that's been inspiring me. Maybe it's, uh, I'm going back to when I was young, going through my cycle, you know? When you go into the studio then, I mean, do you have some of these these kind of big pop melodies in mind? Because your stuff traditionally is right. pretty dark, has yes. a very different mood than a lot of pop music. Right. See, my stuff is dark, I, but like it was actually, I don't know if me and you've talked about this before, but like when I started making records, like the first two years or so or three years, I didn't know my music was dark. Like it was writers and stuff I read that pointed out to me that my music's dark because I never, I didn't have that mentality yet. So when I hear a pop record that inspires me, I don't know if it'll inspire me to go in the studio and try to, I mean, maybe I'll hear a technique that a pop record did and try to see how I can learn that. But I wouldn't say pop records inspire me to go to the studio. When I go to the studio, it's what I want to do. It's just, I'm not trying to follow anybody's step. I mean, I'm inspired by a lot of people, so things will naturally come out, but I'm not aware of it. You, uh, you have some more original productions on strength music in the works? Yes, yes. Uh, I actually have my next release, which is due out in April. It's actually an honor for me, the next one, because I actually got to do a collaboration with two artists that I cherish, you know, in the scene. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of them, but I got to do a record with Pevin Everett, to me a Chicago legend, and Josh Milan, who is half member of the group Blaze, which is another legendary artist for me. So it's a record I did for me, number one. You know, I never, I didn't look at no okay, I got to make a club record or I got to make, no, this was something that I cherish that I'm like, you know, I get to work with artists that I looked up to, that I came up listening to. I mean, I got other stuff coming out, Semesters, part three is on its way. We got that wrapping up. And then I got another one that we're kind of, it's between another two EPs I got to kind of simmer through. But I would say my highlight for this year even though none of them are out, but even when they all are out, is the collaboration I did with Pevin and Josh, because that was an honor for me for the, 
2013. It's going to be an interesting project. Definitely. You, you kind of mentioned that these were artists that you grew up listening to. Tell me a little bit more about the music that you grew up listening to. I mean, as far as dance, it was house music. I mean, artists like Pevin, artists like Blaze, you know, Kerry Chandler, all the Chicago guys, Tyree and all of that. Even stuff that I came to figure out later is techno. We looked at it as house music. We didn't know the difference between house and techno. We just thought it was the same music. This is just a little more aggressive or a little more electronic or a little more whatever it had. It's just that whole U.S. scene from back in the day. That's what, and, and European stuff too, but mainly the U.S. stuff is what I came up listening to. So, I mean, the, the artists vary. It's so many that I can't even start to begin to name down who are the most influential and you know who did what and what it's just too many to name you spent kind of the early part of your career not making music not djing but dancing you were a house dancer yes how has that time remained influential to you very influential i mean I actually got to do a lot of things, see a lot of things through dance. So dance is always going to be, I mean, dance is part of me to the day I die. Even though I don't physically do it no more, I'm always dancing, whether it's mentally or in my soul. Or I'm always dancing. So that's always going to be part of me. And that actually opened the door to my musical education in a way, you know, because it went from just being young, dancing to music that you heard on the radio to dancing in clubs to learning about artists to, you know, it just trickled down to where I am today, really. So I give a lot of credit to dance. You said in an interview once that music should inspire you to move. And that just made me think about all of the time that, that you spent traveling the world as a dancer. Um, when you're in the studio making music or when you're, when you're buying records, I mean, do you think in the back of your mind, like, is this something that I could that I could move to in that way? Is that something that's still really important to you? It's not really in that. I don't look at it in that way. It's for me. It's more like I play the record. I listen to the record. If I like it, I'm grooving. If I don't like it, next record. It's not something you think about. You know, it's just something that happens when it comes when when I say music should inspire you to move. It should just be a natural thing. I always, I mean, I always say when it comes to music. I've been to a lot of dance floors, so a lot of people party differently. But I think, personally, when it comes to music, music's natural soulmate should be dance. Like, before anything else. Before, I don't know, before check coat checks. Before alcohol. Be, mu dance is music's natural soulmate, in my opinion. Now, I wouldn't say everybody looks at it that way, but I just, that's how I came up. You know, that's how I look at it. So I believe music should inspire you to move. If it doesn't inspire you to move, then something's wrong there. You don't have to be a, a dancer. You don't have to be a professional dancer or dance the way I did competitively, but it should just inspire you even to two-step. It should inspire you to at least bop your head, something about it, you know? You said something I thought was really interesting there, you know, that, that the music should be more important than the coat check and more important than, than the alcohol. You said that as a... As a DJ, it's not been hard for you to remain underground, but as your gigs have gotten bigger and bigger, 
do you think it's it's harder to inspire the party? Mm, actually, I think the bigger the party is, the easier it becomes for people to enjoy themselves. Because as far as the road I've been traveling, I've noticed that the bigger the party is, the less critics are there. The less everybody's not thinking about, you know, I don't know. It's just easier. You're just partying. There's no pressure. So it actually becomes a little easier for people to groove because, I don't know, maybe the venue, the size of the party helps out in that. Then it is smaller parties. I mean, when you do a smaller party and it hits, then it hits. Nothing hits better than a smaller party. But sometimes those parties are filled with, you know, people that are just there to uh, check you out, see what you're doing, see what you're playing, to then go back. Oh, yeah, he did this, he did that. Where I don't really see that much in the bigger uh, party. So it looks a lot easier for people to dance in the bigger parties, festivals, etc. than I see sometimes in clubs. But that's just my, I mean, everybody, I'm sure different DJs seen different things. So that's just how I've been witnessing it up to this point. What are some of the best parties you've seen recently? Uh, it depends. I mean, I just played an amazing party last Thursday in Italy at the Goa Club. It was excellent. I had a good time there. You know, the Italians know how to party. They let me play deep in there. It was perfect. I mean... It's one of many parties that I've enjoyed, but I, since that's the most recent, that's the one that's stuck in my mind right now. But yeah, that's the that's the, you know that's the other thing about when you travel a lot. It's hard to keep up sometimes, you know, with what party was better than what. But I would say right now, Goa, Goa is doing it for me. That's what got my spirit going. Is there some place where you found a really incredible party that maybe you wouldn't have expected to find one? Hmm. Actually, yes, in Essen, Germany. Funny enough, there's a club there called uh, Shanghai. Small venue, probably only holds capacity 150 people. I remember my first time going, I was saying to myself, who knows me in Essen, Germany? I never even heard of Essen, Germany. To walk in there and see that party go off the way it did, That'll always stay in my mind forever. It's unbelievable. A small venue with a powerful, powerful sound system. Amazing. Totally amazing. If you've never been there, make plans and go. Trust me. It, you might think you're not going to something, but trust me, you're going to something. So you still live in New Jersey. It's where you grew up. It's where you've been based the whole time in your career. I know you probably get asked this all the time. But could you ever imagine... Coming to Europe. Yeah. Uh, or just leaving New Jersey, going someplace else. I guess the only thing that'll make me leave New Jersey if, it's, if New Jersey becomes to the point where I just can't afford it anymore, which is a possibility because things rise there, prices rise constantly. But I prefer to like die in New Jersey because it's what I know. Uh, I dig Europe. I mean, I have no problems coming to Europe. I come out, I'll stay here a month if need be, but I'm a Jersey dude. I'm just, that's who I am. I can't, if I can turn another way, I would, but that's just, until I see I can't be there no more, that's what I'll be. Lots of people here in Europe, I'm sure have been to New York, know a little bit about New York. New Jersey's probably a little bit more of an unknown. Tell me about New Jersey. It's funny. 
I mean, I prefer it that way that they don't know that way when I'm in Jersey, it's peaceful. But a lot of artists that are so, you know, quote unquote, New York artists are really from Jersey. A lot of them. I mean, you name them. Uh, like I said, Blaze, Jersey, Kerry Chandler, Jersey, Dennis Ferrer, Jersey, but they all get labeled under the New York uh, label. But Jersey's, it has its history, you know, it, it's definitely been a powerful push for the New York scene, you know, even though it goes unmentioned a lot of the times, but it's been present since day one. I mean, you're talking about a club like Club Zanzibar that's legendary. That's just as known in that area as any major club that went on in New York. So Jersey is, it's, it's quiet, but it's there. It's been present all this time. Has, uh, has New Jersey changed much since you were growing up there? I mean, yeah, but not drastically. You know, it's, it's not, I mean, there has been changes. Obviously, there's, there's going to be change with anything after a while, but it's nothing drastically that I can really pinpoint out to you, except for maybe prices or that I've lived in different areas now in Jersey than where I grew up. So I've seen more of Jersey. I mean, there's been more drastic changes in New York, if anything, than in New Jersey. New Jersey's been pretty, you know, center all this time. So what about in terms of the music scene? Um, you mentioned a lot of these artists that we lump in with with New York are actually New Jersey artists. Uh, are there still a lot of artists yeah. in New Jersey? Yeah, there still is. There's a lot of artists, a lot of unsung heroes in New Jersey, actually. I mean, that's what I mean. It's no different now than it is, than it was, you know, it's always been that way. A lot of good artists in Jersey that do stuff and you just, they don't get, you know, you don't hear about Jersey. You just don't. I don't know. It's, it's almost like it's law of the land there, but you got Newark in Jersey that still has a somewhat healthy club scene like it you know through all this time uh just like where that's where zanzibar was so it's you know it's the changes in jersey haven't been drastic to like it has been in new york or other parts in the u.s it's been pretty steady and it's probably because you know it's never mentioned it's never put in the light to anyone so in a way that has its blessings you've got a pretty good crew of friends in new jersey a number of guys, Joey Anderson, David S., Nakuri. You've got a nice crew of people who have been with you for, for a while. Uh, what's going on with all them? Oh, they're all good, man. All of them. They're all doing well. You know, we hang all the time. So it's with them, you know, everybody's fine, really. I mean, all working on music. All of them getting busier. And it's just, it's really good. I mean, that's how it is with us. Everything is... Fine. It's really nothing to pinpoint about. Seems like Joey Anderson has definitely yeah. really taken off a lot in the last few yeah. years. Um, have have you been have you been able to play a lot a lot of shows with him? Well, definitely more so now than ever before. I mean, we just did one a couple months ago in Brooklyn. Uh, we got an amazing one coming in April in Paris. Uh, so. It's like I told him, it's we we're gonna be able to play together in places that we never thought we would have. It just escalates more and more as time goes on. So we're gonna bring Nakuri in there too. We're gonna throw him in the mix somehow. Something maybe a lot of people aren't aware of or don't know 
is that this whole time that you've been coming over to Europe, playing all these parties, seeing your profile rise, you've been going back to the States week in, week out and working a full-time job. Um, you, you mentioned when you came in here today that you're heading back to the States for a few days before you come back to Europe again. Um, do you like having that other side to your life? And uh, all honesty, no. Because if it were up to me, I'd definitely like it to be easier. I mean, I don't have much time for a lot of other things that I prefer to do, you know. And I kind of moved quite a distance away from the city, so it's not like I can be in and out of there anymore like I used to. So, no, and I'm actually, I've been coming to a breaking point, actually, where the two sides are about to collide and only one will remain. So, to answer your question, no, no, it's it's tiring. So, of course, it's not something I want to do. It's just something that I do because I feel that I need to to stay okay. But I'm starting to see that, you know, there is another way. So, there's going to be some changes soon, definitely. I'm sure there there will be a lot of changes for you in the next year or two just because your profile is going to continue to rise. You know, I was just talking to a friend before I came here and we were talking about profiles. I won't mention any names, but he was telling me how he saw that my profile was rising and I I don't it's tough for an artist to see his own profile rising and I and I was just asking him to like point out to me what makes you think that like cuz I I don't see it. I, I don't see what you see. And it's always easier for someone in the outside to look in and notice. So when I hear you mention to me that your profile is rising, which you mentioned a couple of times, I just, I, I, I wish I can see what you see, you know, because it's hard for me to see it. How do you measure success in, in your own career? Uh, in my own career, really, where I would consider myself successful is if I can do music only and pay my bills and live okay. I don't need much more than that. If anything else comes from it, it's all blessings. But success to me is to be able to do music only because I've never thought that'd be possible. And it seems like it's closer and closer every every year, every day, or whatever you wanna, however you wanna look at it. So that's success to me. Pretty simple. I'm not a flashy dude. I don't need this. I don't need that. If I can just have that, I'm good. Was this was that always the dream though? When when you first oh, started, yeah. when you first started getting into making music and into DJing, oh, did yeah. did you see it getting to this point? No. No, you didn't. Not at all. Like, you know, everything's been progressing slowly but good, you know, cuz I couldn't even envision me having a record out. And then to find out that I'm actually the one who backed and did it, it's amazing to me. Even with that, that was a big accomplishment for me. So to see what I've done today and the places I've seen and where I've been, it's it's blessings to me. It's really, I mean, some people might not look at it that way. I look at it as blessings spiritually because it could have easily gone the other way. You know, I could have easily not have ever done anything, even though I've tried. So... I'm definitely surprised. So as years goes on, I'm just surprised all the time that I'm still here, you know, and doing it.
go Cause it captivates my soul 